the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom, and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler. I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues, and we currently serve in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, Tampa, and Conexion is our Spanish-speaking congregation also in Wesley Chapel. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. We love you and praise you and honor you and worship you. And we ask, O oh Lord, just for a mighty move of your revival spirit, Lord. We pray, Lord, we pray for Israel. We pray, Father, for every aspect of Israel, for the hostages to be back. We pray for uh, the IDF to be safe. We pray for the politicians to be in unity and to really uh, do what's best uh, for the country by following you, Lord. And there's so much more. But Lord, we're just asking that you touch Israel and bless them and encourage them and strengthen them. And Father, we also pray for the people of the world, but especially the United States and especially the church to understand the importance of Israel to you, Lord, and for them to back Israel and to really seek to honor uh, your people, your land. And so we bless you. We thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to mention to come and visit us at Shoresh David, the various congregations. Uh, look at our website and you'll see times and dates. And that's SureshDavid.org. Um, if this program blesses you, consider giving us a gift uh, for the heart of Messiah ministry. It'll help us pay for our radio bills. And, uh, you know, this is a, a great time to have us come out to your church and give the message or prepare you for Passover. Um, so please give us a call. We'd love to get together with you. We also would love for you to visit us. Uh, it's always a blessing to have visitors, and especially if you're bringing Jewish people who don't know the Lord. So, we pray that uh, you will uh, that we'll see you soon. Now, last week we were talking about Israel, 
and how God set it apart for himself uh, and that Israel was God's treasure and Israel will be a kingdom of priests and will be a holy nation. And so that will be exciting when that happens. Um, and we see that uh, since that's mentioned so often in Scripture that it's really important to God, he's trying to get our attention. And then we talked a little bit about has God replaced Israel? And we looked at uh, different things. Uh, for instance, Isaiah eleven twelve, where it says that God will gather the dispersed from the four corners of the earth. And we mentioned how God would first have to send the people out of the land in order to regather them. And he did this really twice, uh, which is amazing. And uh, this really b broke down the the concept of replacement theology because replacement uh, theology was a lot based on the fact that the church spiritualized the scriptures and even the prophetic um, that God said these things would happen, but they just assumed that that would happen with the church. Uh, so we're talking about various questions. Um, th the first one, has the church replaced Israel? We'll kind of review that, and then we'll look at, has Israel joined the church, or has the church joined Israel? And uh, should the church observe the Leviticus uh, feast days? And shall the ch should the church keep the law? And who is the one new man? So I had mentioned that one of the things that really changed the idea of replacement theology was uh, when Israel became a nation in 1948 and when they took over Jerusalem in 67. And it says that the blinders would be lifted from uh, the Jewish people during the time where uh, Jerusalem was back in, in Jewish hands. And so that really changed a lot. And... Um, we also know that at that time, uh, people started looking at Romans 9 through 11 uh, a little more seriously. And here in Romans 11, 1, it says that I say then has God rejected his people, may it never be. And so you see Paul's heart. And later on in verse 11, he says, did they, the Jewish people, stumble as to fall? No, may it never be. But their false step, uh, through their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. And that is my prayer, that the church would desire to provoke Israel to jealousy based on their relationship with Yeshua. We see more in verse 12 um, that the transgression of the Jews led to the riches of the world. Their losses uh, to the riches of the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness be? In other words, how much more when they come back to the Lord? And uh, in verse 13, we, Paul says, I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles. And as far as uh, I'm an emissary to the Gentiles, and I somehow might provoke to jealousy my own flesh and blood and save some of them. 
So this is a constant theme in Romans 11 and in Romans 15, for if their rejection leads to reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So we see that God is not finished with the people of Israel. And interesting enough, after that verse, um, it's probable that even then it was not understood that Israel was still uh, had a job to do for the Lord. But we see it more in verses 16 through 25, uh, which talks about uh, the if the first fruit is holy. The whole batch of dough is holy, and the, if the root is holy, so are the branches. And then it talks about the two types of branches. One is the wild olive branch, which represents the Christians, and the other is the natural branch, which is cut off because of unbelief, but then regrafted in. And so... It says here, you will say then branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in, meaning the Jewish people were separated from God and Messiah so that the Gentiles could come and in. And then it says in that verse 20, true enough, they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith, but do not be arrogant. But fear, for if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. And we see in verse 24, for you were cut out of that which by nature is a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? And finally, the last portion of this, this strong text about Israel, it says uh, in verse 25, For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery. So there's a mystery here. Lest you be wise in your own eyes. Again, don't be arrogant. That a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And if you remember from last week, Luke twenty-one twenty-four tells us when that will be. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled, which means when Jewish people in 1967 took over Jerusalem, that would be the time. And so we see that's the beginning of Messianic Judaism because the blinders started to come off and Jewish people all over the world started believing in Yeshua for no apparent reason, except that this was God's appointed time. This was the time where God had you know his his pro- prophetic nature came into a fulfillment here and then it says in verse 26 and in this way all israel will be saved as it is written the deliverer shall come out of zion he shall turn away ungodliness from jacob and this is my covenant with them when i take away their sins Concerning the good news, they're hostile for your sake, but concerning chosenness, they are loved on account of their fathers. And then here we go again, a great verse, 
which oftentimes is taken out of context, really speaking about the Jewish people here, it says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So, and then God's constantly figuring what we're thinking when we read these things. So the next verse says, well, in verse 33, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how incomprehensible his ways. For who has known the mind of Adonai and who has been his counselor or who has first given to him that it shall be repaid to him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So this really should give a clear understanding that God is not finished with the Jewish people, that it's very clear in the new covenant that God has a plan. And so let's continue to another question. And that is, has Israel joined the church, or has the church joined Israel? Well, we are going to stay for these answers in the New Covenant. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 11, Therefore keep in mind that once you, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision by those called circumcision, which is performed on flesh by hand. At that time, You were separate from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So this paints a picture of those people who were not Jewish prior to coming to know Yeshua. And so it was all about the the promises to Israel, the commonwealth of Israel. And really, if you're not part of Israel, you're without God. That's what it's saying. So in verse 13, it says, But now in Messiah Yeshua, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. For he is our Shalom, the one who made the two into one and broke down the middle wall of separation. Within his flesh, he made powerless the hostility. And it talks more than about the law. And then he says, uh, he did this in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups. So this is a question we're going to answer later on, but we it's right here, so we shouldn't ignore it. Who is the new man? The new man are Jewish believers and Christians coming together as one in unity. That is the new man. And so that is another reason why Israel and the Jewish people should be so important to Christians. Because we are following God's plan, getting to the one new man. And how do you think God feels when we can't even get Christians to be in unity, let alone Christians and Jewish believers? So 
I would think that this would be a, a strong difficulty for people in the church who are critical for of other people in the church, because unity is a crucial issue to Yeshua. And we see this as we, we'll talk more about it when we get to John 17. But this is Yeshua's heart, that the two become one. Well, the one, meaning the Christian church, is is fractured right now and is hardly one. It's made up of many pieces. So we need to see the church coming together, and we need to see them receiving the Jewish part back so that the two will be one. Okay? All right. Well, it's... it's uh, you know, this is something that really God wants to do, and it, it, it's a, it would require a miracle, but that's the kind of business God's in, right? Um, now, in Ephesians 3, verse 6, it says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are joint heirs and fellow members of the same body and co-shares of the promise in Messiah Yeshua through the good news. See, they have joined Israel. They are joint heirs. And that's, that seems to still be a mystery. You know, in the book of Acts, Acts 15, uh, we see what was going on at this time. They decided that they needed to have a council. <laughs> they needed to have a meeting because there were some things that the different believers were disagreeing about. And that, what was the question in Acts 15? The question was, should we allow people who are not Jewish to believe in Yeshua the Messiah? Sounds pretty funny now, doesn't it? Now it's just the opposite. The Jewish people say you can't be Jewish if you believe in Yeshua. But then it was you can't be a believer unless you're Jewish. Well, so they had these meetings. And in verse 5 of Acts 15, it said, But some belonging to the party of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. So they were they were putting on, if you call it the law, the yoke, whatever you want to call it. So verse 6 says, the emissaries and elders were gathered together to examine this issue. After much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days God chose from among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the message of the good news and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them by giving them the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, just as he also did for us. He made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts through faith. Why do you put God to the test by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But instead, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Yeshua in the same way as they are. 
Then the whole group became silent and were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were describing in detail all the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, Jacob answered, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described how God first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for his name. The words of the prophets agree as it's written. And, and now they're uh, in this new covenant uh, portion, they are actually quoting Amos 9, 11 and 12. And it says this, After this I will return and rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David, I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, namely all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says Adonai, who makes these things known from of old. Wow. So, don't you love how God's plan comes together from all these different angles? In verse 19, it says, Therefore, I judge not to trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but to write to them to abstain. So, there are four things that they said. Abstain from the uh, contamination of idols and from sexual immorality and from what is strangled and from blood. So the disciples decided that even though these new believers were not Jewish, they still were allowed to believe in Yeshua and follow Yeshua. And in a sense, that's the beginning of the church. (laughs) So, um, you know, that's pretty exciting to see how Scripture comes together and uh, what a blessing it is. So um, the third, another question would be, uh, is the church supposed to observe the Leviticus 23 feast days? And that's something we'll probably deal with more tomorrow, uh, next week, because we're kind of running out of time. Let me just mention this. If you want to do some homework between now and next week, we're going to look at Leviticus 23 and see if the church is supposed to observe it. And one of the holy days in Leviticus 23 is mentioned in Leviticus 20, 23 is, is the Shabbat, is the Sabbath. So that's really, really exciting to open up the scriptures and see what God says about this. And then maybe take a look at some of the Christian commentaries. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting. This will be a very interesting study. I can, I can guarantee you that. So uh, let me just mention that uh, we would love for you to come visit Sharesh David, and our website is S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. 
we love visitors. We love children, especially on Saturday mornings. Hey, Friday night, Saturday morning, we're not even in competition with the church. So bring some Jewish friends, right, and come and visit us. Uh, also, if you have any questions, anything I can help you with, certainly email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Or if you want, you can call our office, 813-831-5673. I'll be more than happy to uh, get back to you. And, uh, and again, if you would like to give us a gift to help us stay on the radio, that would bless us immensely. Let's close in a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, and worship you, Lord. And what a blessing it is to look at your word and see the miraculousness of it. Lord, help us to really understand your word. Help us to apply your word. And I pray that we would grow, we would all grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.